The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Right. Good morning, everyone. It's Haley. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Um, to anyone in Clubhouse or those listening on the stream, welcome. Um, and hopefully we'll hear from some of you that are in the Zoom room with us today or in Clubhouse. We'd, we'd welcome you um, to ask your questions as we continue on. I'm so, so happy, y'all, that I can stress less and give it to someone else today. <laughs> Um, I didn't slather myself in essential oils prior to the call because I didn't need to because Sean is going to, um, he, he can stress out today. Um, so before we begin, I just wanted to um, just talk a little bit about what today's call is going to look like. It's going to be a little different than our usual call. You know, normally we're on here talking about a specific topic around essential oils and um, while we're going to stay on that topic to a large degree, um, it's going to look a little bit different because we're not going to be talking about specific oils. But we are going to be talking today about accessibility when it comes to using our essential oils. Um, a couple of things. So Sean is going to, to get us started and we'll see how much time we have at the end. But I thought that we'd sort of just... Um, be a little bit flexible here today. One of the biggest concerns that most of you listening or any of you that are essential oil users have had is, well, two things, recognizing the bottles, identifying the bottles of essential oils, because as of right now, there's no braille labeling, although I continue to work on that. Um, and also measuring the drops of essential oils once you have them in your hands. And so Sean and I met at the ACB convention and uh, we got talking about what service he provides and how that might come alongside the love, our love of oils um, to make them a bit more accessible for us. So, um, so we're, that's what we're going to talk about today is how might Sean's service and his team of people um, help us with feeling more confident, more independent with using our essential oils. If we have time at the end, I'll also share some other ways that you can fragrance your home with essential oils that um, may, are a little easier, that aren't so precise when it comes to like measuring drops or or um, you know, worrying that you're going to put too many drops in and waste half a bottle of, of oil. So if we have time for that at the end, we will do that. And if we don't, then we'll just make that a call um, to come up in the future. So we are gonna get started. We will open it up for questions as Sean starts to speak. If something, a question pops into your mind, um, please do raise your hand and either Chanel in Clubhouse or Monica here in the Zoom room um, will recognize your hand and, and have you unmute and then you can ask your question. So without further ado, we are gonna talk to Sean Welker um, from the Massachusetts Association. Um, he's on Be My Eyes. We all love Be My Eyes, right? Um, I do. I mean, I'm a little embarrassed sometimes at the things that I call them for. <laughs> 
but everyone is very kind and always very helpful. And um, so Sean is going to tell us a little bit about him, maybe Sean, um, why you got started, why you felt, you know, doing it, it this way was a good option and, um, and how you think you might help those of us who are essential oil users to be a little bit more confident in our use of, of those. And, um, and at the end, we're, I'm going to announce a, a giveaway of sorts. So, all right, Sean, you're up, my friend. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Haley. Really happy to be here with y'all. Um, I actually was able to spend some time with some of you uh, in Schaumburg this past summer. Um, and that was actually the first time I had an opportunity to spend, uh, you know, convention season with uh, all those folks there. I had actually gone down to Houston first uh, for NFB and then came up to, to um, you know, finish out the week with y'all. So um, it's nice seeing some familiar names here uh, in the Zoom room. So my name is Sean Welker, and I am the Digital Accessibility Programs Coordinator for the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired which is ridiculously long to write and it's even longer to braille. Uh, so <laughs> don't ask for uh, a physical card for me, uh, but what I will do is at the end, um, I can put my contact information into the chat um, and then Haley uh, should have my contact information and I'm certainly okay with uh, sharing that information out. One of the things that I also like to share with folks is that I am very much uh, the sort of person who wants to communicate with uh, whichever uh, preferred method you have. So um, with that work cell phone number, if you prefer to text, uh, please do so. If you prefer to have uh, an email, that's fine. And phone calls. The only thing about phone calls is, is you, you can just give me a little bit of um, heads, heads up on those. Um, I will kind of admit that I'm a, a little bit of a self-diagnosed ADHD. Um, I tend to get hyper-focused sometimes, uh, specifically during the workday. And so if I don't know that something is coming, it can really throw me for a loop um, mentally. Um, I also do like to provide uh, a visual description. Uh, uh, I've been told that I have a face for remote work. So uh, that should tell you a little bit about myself. I am a middle-aged Asian male. Uh, I wear black frame glasses. I have kind of uh, crunchy black, short black hair um, and a salt and pepper goatee that uh, uh, it definitely gives away my my age. So sounds um, lovely. Sounds lovely. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what what do I do? What do I do over there at, at MAVD? Well, let's go back a few years because back in 2018, 2019, uh, some of you may be familiar with another visual interpreter service, a paid subscription service called Ira. Um, that is where I got my start uh, working within the blindness community. Um, I was with them for about 16 months, uh, logged a lot of hours for them. Um, I rough estimate probably took about 2,500 hours worth of live calls. So definitely a lot of experience um, in that short period of time. Well, the pandemic came and went and uh, other jobs came and went. And unfortunately, I, 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 was I found myself unemployed uh, very early in the spring of 2020. And uh, fortunately for me, because of the connections I had made uh, as my time as an IRA agent, um, I was picked up by uh, MAVD. Um, I was brought in to do a year-long apprenticeship um, as uh, you know, learning web accessibility and assistive technology. And one of the things that was uh, handed to me um, as uh, an option, if I you know, so, so chose, uh, was this concept of starting up a specialized help program 
for Be My Eyes. Now, I, of course, was familiar with Be My Eyes. For those of you who are not, uh, simply put, it's an application uh, that people can put on their smartphones. Users who tend to be blind or low vision can then connect through a video call to a sighted volunteer. The volunteer then can see whatever the person points their camera at and can provide assistance with everyday tasks, real simple things like reading text or identifying colors, uh, maybe describing things and, and some real simple uh, problem solving uh, things that might might require some sighted assistance. So we decided to take our program and continue with what the regular volunteers were doing, but then um, provide a little bit more stability, a little bit more professionalism. So one of the things that we do that is very different is that we make sure to background check every single one of our volunteers. We want to make sure that you know, even though somebody has the desire to participate and, and to give of their time, we want to make sure that they're trustworthy folks that we're putting into contact with the people that are calling in to use our service specifically. The other thing that we do is we provide every one of our volunteers with initial training with myself. Now, that's pretty significant because if you go to um, apply to be a regular uh, Be My Eyes volunteer, you do receive a little bit of documentation, uh, but there is literally no one-on-one -on -one training uh, to be able to um, begin taking those calls. And I do see sometimes in the forums, you know, people say, hey, I got this call and I really didn't know how to handle it. Well, we're trying to make sure that our volunteers, even though they're volunteers, they might not have done this uh, for a long time, that they still are well prepared to handle those calls when they come in. And so when I met Haley at ACB and we talked, we actually were exhibiting in, in the exhibit space um, right next to each other. And, uh, you know, so she told me a little bit about her business and, and what she does. And we had a phone conversation and we decided to, to bring this to, to y'all. Um, my team of volunteers, we're available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. And that's Eastern time. And to find us in the Be My Eyes app to get just our team of volunteers through MAVD, you would go into the app and then if you swipe right, you're going to find a button that says browse specialized help. When you activate that button, you'll, you'll go into a list of different types of organizations and you'll look for blindness organizations. Select that option and then we're towards the bottom of that next list. Now, once you get to our page for Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired, you can see our hours of operation, which can change uh, based on our um, level of coverage that we have, the number of volunteers. Right now we have, um, I think I'm going to be training my 20th uh, volunteer here tomorrow. Um, and then you can see a little bit about uh, the organization as a whole. Now, if you're not in the state of Massachusetts, um, you know, MAVI can't really provide services to you. But if you need sighted assistance, this on-demand sighted assistance for, hey, you know, I can't tell how many drops I'm dropping here. Hey, I'm unboxing this new product and I don't know what it looks like. I, I can't quite figure out how things go together. Yeah, absolutely. Those are things that um, the volunteers with our team uh, should be able to assist with. The other thing, too, is once you receive my contact information, if you feel as though you're not getting good uh, assistance from any of the folks on my team, just reach out to me. I am uh, very happy to field uh, kind of special requests or handle calls that you know, may be a little bit more challenging than what our regular volunteers, uh, based on their limited experience, are able to handle. Um, one of the things that Haley and I talked about was, 
um, you know, how can we how can we kind of leverage this power of this this crowdsourcing, the, these volunteers, this application that's available to anybody on any smartphone, and really apply it to you know what we're doing with DoTerra, what we're doing with essential oils. Um, so what I kind of want to challenge all of you with right now is to just kind of think, okay, hey, if I had a volunteer, a sighted volunteer available to me on the other end of a phone line, how could I use them? What would I do? How could I use their site to assist me in what, I, what it is that I'm doing? Um, now, if any of you want to share or kind of throw some challenges out there and, and uh, kind of bounce them off me, I'm happy to um, you know, entertain any of those uh, comments or questions throughout our time. And if any of you want to kind of hold off uh, until the very end, that's that's perfectly fine as well. Um, but at the very least, start start thinking. Start thinking of some things that you think might uh, throw us for a, for a, a curve and uh, see what we see what we can do. So beyond just basic sighted assistance, what else can we do? Well, we're actually going through right now and and training all of the volunteers on how to do remote desktop support. Now, this is because recently we've been having more and more folks who are finding their way to us and saying, hey, you know, what? I'm used to receiving this sort of assistance. Is it something that you can do? And we hadn't planned on doing it, but because the demand is so high, we decided, you know what, this is something that we can do. So I've been training all the volunteers. We use uh, we don't use TeamViewer currently. Um, what we do use is uh, if you're a Microsoft user. Um, there's actually an onboard program there called Quick Assist. Um, it's very simple to use, very easy to access. Um, we also will sometimes use Zoom. And then within Zoom, there is that uh, request remote control after doing a share screen. Um, that's another option. And then specifically for our folks on Google uh, or on uh, Chrome OS, um, they, there is an extension, a browser extension from, for the Chrome browser. Uh, Chrome Remote Desktop, and and we use that as well. So, well, what are some reasons why you might want to use that? Well, we know that a lot of websites have inaccessible components. You have form fields that you just can't access. You have drop-down menus that you can't access. Maybe something's drag and drop. Maybe there's a captcha. Anything that would require somebody to come in and actually complete the task using a mouse. Um, we're happy to do that. And we can literally get that done for you in a matter of, of you know, a minute or two based on the complexity of, you know, your request. Um, just to give you an example, we have a gentleman down in Texas who uh, is, is blind and he runs an assistive technology uh, small business. And so he has a lot of uh, contracts that he has to provide to his clients. And, you know, in Adobe, there are the digital signatures and they need to be dragged and dropped onto the appropriate spots in that PDF before, you know, they can be printed. And it's just not something that, you know, his screen reader um, allows that functionality. So, well, and it's not the problem with the screen reader, it's the problem with the, the document, the digital document. Um, so we're able to connect with him within a matter of probably 30 seconds. We already know what he needs. We drag it and drop it. Let him know, hey, it's been completed. Would you like us to save it, or are you going to do it this time? And you know, nine times out of ten, he's just like, oh, as long as it's there, I'm good. And goodbye. We'll see you next time. So, within ninety seconds, he's got you know that accessibility challenge just like knocked out for the day. He doesn't have to worry about waiting for a sighted person to be you know there and to be able to provide him that assistance um, directly. We can do that remotely. Um, Let's see, 
trying to look and see if there's anything else here that I'm missing. Sean? Yeah, Haley, go ahead. So I just had a question about that because I was sort of making a, a list as you were speaking about some of the things that I feel like we as essential oil users might mm -hmm. need help with. And, and I'll share that list with you um, at sure. the end. But with as far as helping with stuff on the screen, would you guys be able to help with like placing orders for current customers? Yes. Because that's one of the other challenges is that we have is that um, while doTERRA is, is doing better and they are more accessible than most of the other or more accessible than all of the other essential oil companies that, that I've, um, you know, explored or heard from other people about, um, they still need to do some work on, on their website and their ability to order. Um, and so we have, doTERRA has set up for us a specific services line that we can actually call into and they can help us place orders. But you know, depending on what their hours are, they're on mountain time, right? Depending on where you live when you're putting the order in. And also the fact that they're not open on Saturday or Sunday, when that's the only time that some people have, people haven't, you know, placing their own orders has been a bit of a struggle because of those rigid sort of guidelines with the hours of operation. So, um, that was just a question that I had is if people wanted to attempt to make their own orders, um, on, you know, online, if that's something that your services would be able to help with. So. Awesome. Yeah. So that actually brings up a good point because, um, one of the things that I think I, I failed to mention here is that, um, we are doing things to provide assistance that are outside of the Be My Eyes application. So for instance, on some of these uh, remote desktop support type calls, um, all you would need to do is reach out to me. Once you receive, you know, once you have my contact information, just reach out and say, hey, um, you know, I've got some, such and such that I'd like to do. Um, is this time okay? Uh, you know, if you can give us advance notice, um, you know, a day or two, uh, 72 hours, that's great. Because um, what that does is it allows me to reach out to the volunteer base. Um, what I do is we use Slack to communicate with each other. And so I can post this as a special request. And then if anybody sees, you know, this is the time and this is the task, um, they actually have the ability to say, yeah, that's something that I can do. Now, the other thing, too, though, is if I have the time and the ability and we don't have anybody else from the volunteer base um, that's willing to, more than likely, I'm just going to take it on. And that's, that's perfectly fine. As long as I have the availability, I'm certainly happy to help folks. Um, you know, prefer folks using the volunteers if possible, um, but we're not going to turn somebody away if we have the ability to provide um, that assistance. Now, another thing that we're doing, I know that I uh, mentioned that we have kind of standard operating hours. These are hours that the volunteer team sign up for hour long time blocks. So it's not just kind of hit or miss. Um, during those times, people are actually signed up and they are the only person that's um, taking calls coming into our specific specialized help program. Um, and so because of that, um, they know if it rings, they're on it. Uh, they don't have to battle, you know, a, a whole bunch of other folks. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but um, I think recently, uh, Be My Eyes, the pool of volunteers worldwide went up over 7 million. And I've been engaging in the social media pages for Be My Eyes recently. And I've found that a lot of people are saying, hey, look, I've been signed up as a volunteer. 
for months and in some cases years. And they're like, I don't get any calls. And so people lose their interest. And so even though we have the, this huge you know, pool of folks, you just you can't get good at something if you're only practicing it once every six months or so. So that's another thing that we do with, with my team is I make sure that, hey, if you're coming in and you're volunteering on a regular basis, I want to make sure that you're at least able to take one hour a month. Um, that's kind of the bare minimum that I ask for from my volunteers. And if they're not getting calls on a regular basis, I'm kind of keeping an eye on that. And especially with the new folks, I'll give them a practice call. I'll, I'll throw the sleep shades on so that I'm not able to see what I'm doing with the app. I'll place the call and I'll give them something to do. I'll give them some feedback afterwards. And, you know, we hope that uh, that provides them a little bit more confidence for that next call that they receive live. Um, but as far as those hours of operation, if you need something outside of those hours, let's say it's, you know, in the evening or on the weekend, like you just mentioned, absolutely. Give us some heads up, give us some notice and, and make a request. Um, I will do whatever I can to try and make sure that we have, vol- and we do have volunteers. Who say, hey, look, I I can't do a lot of hours during these regular times. We don't have a large enough demand to go further into the evenings much more than we do. We're kind of stretched about as thin as as I'd like us to be. Um, if we get more volunteers, we might be able to add some more, you know, later into the evening and and onto the weekends. Um, but just make the request. All you have to do is reach out to me. I'm I'm super approachable. Um, I I want to work with you to to find a solution for whatever it is that you need. Um, so yeah, reach out and let us know if you need something outside of those hours, or or even if it's something that you think, oh well, this is beyond the scope of what I think these guys can do. Eh, throw it at us and let us know. Um, maybe it's not for my regular volunteers, but maybe it's something that I can assist with. And I do see that Diane yes. has her hand raised. So. I was going to let you know that Diane has a question, but before you take Diane's question, I did want to let you know you are able to share your business contact information on the call if you wanted to say it out loud. Um, yeah, I most certainly can do that. Um, okay. I can I can provide that now and then also at the end of the call. Why don't I do that? So uh, the email, uh, my work email is S-W-E-L-K-E-R. So S Welker at MAB community.org, MAB for Massachusetts Association for the Blind. So S Welker at MAB community.org. And then my phone, which is okay to call or text, is 617-992-1233. And I'll put that into the chat and then I'll also um, rattle that off again at the end of the call. And now, Diane, feel free to ask your question. Diane, you're still muted. Okay, I think you called on me. I did. (laughs) Okay. I had to run from across the kitchen. Um, Anyway, so I'm... I'm racking my brain trying to figure out where I heard your name from, Sean. And uh, now I remember, I think you maybe live here in Michigan. And I do. I'm actually one of the Michigan Mittens. So I'm an ACB yeah, member that's myself. Where I, that's yep. where I knew you from. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and I also saw you at the convention. Um, yep. And yep. I was supposed to follow up on something with you, but I can't remember what it was. So. It was probably this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I, yeah. But anyway, my question about um, your volunteers is, are they, um, I know you said that you, I know that you said that you, um, you know, do, do background checks on them and that. So are, are they in a position to be able to help people with personal financial stuff like um, credit cards? Yes. And I, what I will say in, in regards to that is it's always up to the level of comfortability with the user and with the volunteer. I absolutely have some volunteers who say, I don't care how secure things are. I just don't want to be exposed to somebody else's private information. And we're going to uh -huh. we're going to acknowledge and we're going to respect that. We're not going to ask any of our volunteers to do anything that they're just not comfortable with. It makes for a bad situation for them, makes for a bad you know situation for the user that's calling in. But yeah, um, we've had literally just uh, the other day, I had a gentleman call in and he said he had a brand new card and he needed help memorizing it. And he literally had us read off the 16 digits and kind of repeat them with him until he was able to memorize them on the call. One of the other things that we can do, we will never have one of our volunteers provide direct communication to you outside of the BMA Eyes app. But if you would like to have that information typed up into an email or sent to you in a text message coming from myself, we can absolutely do that. All you need to do is you need to request that of the volunteers say, hey, can you snap a photo of this credit card and then make sure that your program coordinator gets this, types it up and sends it to me. Um, we can even do that with things that are even simpler, like maybe you've got a favorite recipe that's in a cookbook and, you know, you don't want to get assistance every single time. Yeah, we can we can uh, type that up and send it to you. Um, that was actually so yeah. one of my questions is, if, <laughs> yep. yes, as, as like I said, I'm, I made a list, but as you're talking, it's sort of things are coming to me is, you know, a lot of times we want to um, learn more about a specific oil, let's just say lavender, right? And so for me, I just would take my phone, probably, and just ask my phone, search right. doTERRA lavender essential oil, and it would pull up a product information page, and I could read through to see, is it good for internal use? Is it good for aromatic use? Is it good for topical use? And it will give me information about where the lavender is sourced from. It will tell me how, um, how to use it. It will tell me the things that it addresses, right? And that's if you're someone who, who, let me just preface by saying, I am the least techie blind person that there probably is out there, but I'm working on it. And, but if I, you know, not everyone is, is comfortable with searching for stuff on the internet, right? But if your team was willing, if someone called and said, hey, I'm looking for more information on doTERRA's lavender essential oil, that person would then be able to look that up and either A, read it to them or send that information to them maybe in an email if that's an easier format for them. Yeah, 100%. And, Perfect. and you know, one of the things that I do with my volunteers is I explain to them why it is that we're considering this to be something that is providing sighted assistance. You know, a lot, I, I, I just about guarantee that very few folks who take calls, regular calls for Be My Eyes, you know, just regular volunteers, understand what a screen reader is or how it actually goes through and reads either a document or a, or a website or a web page. Um, so I talked to my folks about how, you know, hey, do you know how you scan through a document or a site and you just look for the things that you're interested in and then you kind of zoom in with, you know, focusing on 
just that specific paragraph. Or maybe all you're interested in on this site is just looking at the images. Well, blind people have that too. And they also have the ability to do that, but it takes a lot more effort. Um, one of the things that we want to do is we want to take that effort that is required to complete a task that you have, spe specifically, you know, for folks who are running these businesses or, or you know, are, are involved with the, you know, essential oils. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there. And sometimes it's hard to kind of keep all that information straight or, or know where to go to find it. Um, and it becomes a little bit of an overload, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have the ability, if you call in, uh, you can let the person know, hey, I don't need something cited, but what I do need is I need some help doing some Google searching, or I need you know, to, you to go to this web page and, and pull up this uh, particular part of the page and, and read that information to me and maybe even copy it and put it into a, a document and send it to me. Those are all things that we absolutely can do. All of my volunteers should be able to handle, you know, those sort of requests. Nice. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We do have a couple more questions for you. I'll go That's to awesome. Melissa. Good morning. <clears throat> Morning, Melissa. Good morning, Sean. It's a pleasure to meet you. And Haley, it's always good to talk to you. Um, hey there, friend. Um, so, hey, I'm I'm a member of the Washington Council of the Blind. I live in Washington State along with Haley, although we don't live in the same area, but we are a part of the same affiliate. Um, this sounds like a fantastic service, Sean. Um, I do have Be My Eyes on my phone um, as well as Ira. So, Yay for Iren for be my eyes. Um, <laughs> so my question, I guess, is um, so let's say that I need help with my computer with a website that is totally inaccessible, like what you're talking about. So how when I use the app and I go to that specialized help and go to your service, um, how would I go about getting them to share my or you know getting them to share my screen so they can see what I do like what you, you didn't I don't think you explained the process of how that works so could you talk about that a little bit yeah that's a good question and uh so we don't have the ability to have that integrated in the application itself so this is one of these weird situations where we're taking kind of the the platform of be my eyes and we're using that to handle kind of all of those basic sighted visual assistance type questions. But if you have things that are a little bit more complex or if it requires, you know, a re remote desktop session, we are still okay with handling those. It just is a little bit different on how to make that request. So you could use the Be My Eyes app, call into our specialized help and let the volunteer know, hey, um, can you do a remote desktop session? I am going through and I'm getting, you know, most of my folks have been trained by this point. So very likely they're going to say, yeah, do you have a Windows computer or a Mac? How would you like to connect? You know, Quick Assist or, you know, Chrome remote desktop, or we could even do Zoom. Um, it's kind of up to you and that volunteer then to try and figure out, you know, what what's the best way for you to connect for that remote desktop session. Um, you know, you'll want to let them know very specifically, you know, what you need assistance with, um, you know, once they connect. Uh, it's it's a little overwhelming because when you see somebody else's uh, you know computer layout their desktop, um, it can be a little bit confusing sometimes. So just oh, yeah. <laughs> you know if you 
yeah, if you have the ability to have the, the actual browser or the application open that you need assistance with, um, and then let them know, hey, it's this form field. I can I can't get to it when I click on it. It's it's not allowing me to actually enter any text. So I need you to you know do this. Um, all of my volunteers are taught to, to ask for the two C's. We need to confirm and we need to get consent. So very often when you work with one of my volunteers, they're going to repeat things because they want to make sure that there's clarity. They want to make sure that what we're doing is what you actually are, are requesting. The other thing too oh, is they're not going to do anything that they're not being asked to do. They may make a recommendation or a suggestion, but um, you know, we talk about autonomy. We talk about how, hey, uh, blind users are out there doing some pretty, uh, you know, normal and, and some pretty incredible things. So just be aware that they know what they need. They know what they want. It's just that there's barriers that are placed in front of them, in some cases, digital barriers. And we're going to help them with those barriers. But as far as like making changes or, um, you know, providing input or feedback that's not really what my volunteers are trained to do they're, they're trained to be very objective um and then they will offer um recommendations or suggestions if um that's something that you would request of them and then and then just um beyond that um are are they trained on like what jaws is what you know voiceover is just you know those kind of things so they're not necessarily trained to like do any troubleshooting, but they're definitely trained to um, know that, you know, what a screen reader is and just kind of sure. the general nature of this is what you may encounter. A lot of times folks, um, they'll actually turn their screen reader off while the volunteer is, is working, you know, in their desktop um, and then, you know, turn it back on once the, the volunteer is done. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really up to you. Um, I know that myself, I almost prefer to have the screen reader still on because then I don't have to continue to repeat what it is that I'm doing. Um, if you turn your screen reader off, the volunteer is instructed to tell you verbatim what they're doing. I'm moving the mouse to this field. I'm clicking on it to enter. Now I'm typing in your first name and your last name. I'm clicking on the next field. Oh, um, good. Because you're not, good. you're not getting that feedback from your screen reader if you've turned it off. It's, no. it's nice for them to not have that. You know, they're not used to that noise, um, particularly if you... <laughs> have it on that rabbit setting uh that that still throws me <laughs> um and, Melissa, and so i'm writing want... this down too so i'm sort of taking notes as sean's speaking so that if yeah. people Correct. want to reach out to me for this document that sort of helps you to remember that if you want a remote desktop session that's what it's called and that's how you would request you know from sean so if you know if anyone just because really, honestly, if I got to the end of listening to all of this, I would be like, now, what mm. did he say that was called? Right. <laughs> so I'm writing right. notes. And if anyone, you know, wants to reach out to me mm. for the document, that's just sort of highlighting the things that Sean can, you know, can help with. Um, please do that. And Sorry, Sean, didn't thing, mean to interrupt. We do have another yeah, the other question thing, when you're ready. Okay. Yeah. The other thing too is just, you know, if you, if you ever get into a pinch and you're like, I can't remember, <laughs> just reach out. Um, I know that there's a ton of information here. Some folks, it's it's probably like, oh, well, that's great. And other folks are like, what did he say? Um, I, I get it. Um, I, I can't listen to an hour-long presentation and, and absorb it all either. So um, feel free to, to reach out directly. Um, I'm happy to go through this again individually, kind of um, talk about some best practices and ways that you can use us, um, give you some refreshers and reminders. Well, well, thank you both and uh, blessings to both of you. And good to meet you, Sean. Absolutely. Thanks, Melissa. Take care.
You too. Next, we'll go to Matthew. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Good morning. Um, I had uh, kind of two questions. Uh, one, I, I I stepped away from my from my computer for a bit, so I was curious about the uh, security uh, that you guys take. Let me also preface that that I am an IRA user. Uh, so I'm familiar with their security. What I'm not familiar is with the Be My Eye security outside of the, that I heard at the beginning of the, of the call, you said that, that you guys do background checks, but what are additional security do you take for like the remote um, desktop stuff to ensure that uh, your cards and personal information, if you need help filling out a form that might require your birth date, your social security number, things like this. And then the second question was, um, I, I just was uh, at, attended the uh, head conference this last week, and I, I heard about uh, Be My Eyes now integrating uh, AI into the app. Can you can you address that and talk about that a little bit? Let me actually take those in reverse because I'll talk about Be My AI. Um, now I don't actually work for Be My Eyes. Um, we have a uh, partnership. Uh, with the organization I do work for, which is the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Oh. Um, we have a partnership to be a specialized help organization of the Be My Eyes app. Um, I I can actually talk a little bit about it, though, offline. Um, it's not necessarily relevant um, to the presentation um, for today, though. Um, but feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'd always be happy to, to chat. Um, if you can't figure it out by now, um, I'll talk your ear off about all of this stuff. So always happy to do so. Okay. Now, as far as security goes, really good question. And it's one of these things that um, is it's challenging, right? Uh, we don't have the ability to put on any additional security measures through the connections that we use. But what we are using is we're using trusted connections. So three things. Number one, we're using very specifically uh, Quick Assist through Microsoft. We're also using, you know, Chrome Remote Desktop and also um, through Zoom. Now, the one thing to take note of is none, none of the information is recorded and we don't receive any private information from the individuals that use our service. So even though when you create a Be My Eyes account, I believe it asks you for a phone number and an email address. None of that information is provided to us when that call connects. The only way that we would receive any of that information is if you audibly informed us of that information and gave that volunteer permission to share it. And the only real reason to share that would be to you know share with me for a follow-up. Volunteers, when they connect with somebody, um, let's say, uh, for instance, uh, we have somebody who um, is using a third-party website builder, right? And they have a website, and there's some things that just are not accessible for them to make changes, improvements, whatever, to their actual website. So we're working with them individually, and the person uh, who does the uh, assistance, they actually do log into this person's account for their website in order to be able to have access to make the changes that the person requests. When they do that, though, we always, always, always recommend that volunteers use a private browser session, that they use an incognito session so that that information is not being stored, it's not being saved. Um, if you require um, any sort of that, you know, personal information, for instance, that gentleman with the credit card, um, we didn't write the information down and then read it to him. It was just read from that, you know, image that we were able to see 
Um, one of the nice things that we have, the, we do have the ability to do in the application is we can take a snapshot, a still image, and it comes back to us in high definition. So when the calls connect and you've got that grainy video, some of that information is really difficult to read, especially text. And so rather than guessing based on that live video stream, but just take a snapshot, get that nice, clear image. We actually have the ability to zoom in and, and kind of move around on that to find the appropriate information. Because the worst thing that we could possibly do is if somebody asks us for information and we just take a guess at it instead of actually giving them verbatim the information that's there. Um, I know that kind of went away from your original question, but um, as far as security, we're not going to save, we're not going to store, we're not going to do anything with your information. Most of that we don't even get in the first place. None of the calls are recorded. If you require follow-up, if you would like something from the call, you know, saved, typed up, sent to you, including images, um, let's say you want to have, uh, go outside and take a photo. Hey, it seems like a really nice day out today and I want to capture this, you know, moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll help you line that up. We'll take a snapshot. We'll, we'll do a screenshot of that snapshot. It will come to you from me with all with uh, relevant alt text and we'll make sure that you have that um but as far as the security goes all of the volunteers are basically instructed hey we do everything within our control to make sure that we're providing a safe and secure environment for all of the users that are calling in for our services i don't know if that answered your question but right sean i don't know how much um like more that you wanted to share, but is it okay if I share with you and the listeners, like some of the ways that I anticipate um, you guys being able to help when it comes to the use of essential oils? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you all know more about essential oils. I know more about the visual interpreting. So let's share a little <laughs> bit here and see where the two things can come together. It'll be like uh, chocolate and peanut butter. It'll be great. And you know, and I say essential oils, but really, I mean, it's not like the only bottle sitting around our house is an essential oil bottle. It, it's the majority of mine, <laughs> but it's not the only bottle sitting around my house, right? And so anything that I suggest or think of right now, it would apply to any small item, you know, bottle of or can or spice or anything that's in anyone's house. So so we already talked a little bit about like, you know, would you guys be able to help place orders? And you said yes. And typically when you um, starting your initial like to become a doTERRA customer, that does ask for a little bit more information. But once you are a customer, um, you know, that account is already set up and it, it usually just generally might ask for your member ID number and your password. Um, but it's not going to re-ask every time for all of that other pertinent information. So um, you know, the less you have to give it out, the better. Um, like you mentioned earlier, Sean, maybe like un unboxing items and orders as they come in, especially when like doTERRA has like their holiday items or their BOGO um, um, promotions that come out. I mean, you can get a box with, you know, 10 or so, 10, 12, 14 items in it, right? And if they all look the same, because they're all 15 ml bottles of oil, um, just getting help. And I've tried using like my Alexa show to do that, but the writing is pretty small and you have to be pretty accurate with, you know, where you're holding it and keep twisting and turning it. And, you know, it's so much easier talking to a person than it is working with, um, with, with my Alexa 
She's going to talk yeah, to me. I, ta- I'm sure. I talked to my volunteers about how, you know, when people call in and use our service, it's because they want to connect with a human being. You know, I, mm-hmm. I tell people about the, you know, the concept of an OCR reader. You know, most of my volunteers, when they come in, if I say, hey, are you familiar with what OCR means? They're like, nope, no idea. Like, well, basically, you know, many of the things that we use our vision to provide assistance for are things that blind and low vision folks already have some sort of technology or device or, you know, whatnot to be able to to get that assistance. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it can't problem solve for them. It can't make recommendations. It can't have a conversation with them. So we want to make sure that, yes, we're completing the task that we're being asked to complete, but we're also doing it in a very human manner. Um, you know, there's, you're not judging me when I say my dog pooped on the floor. Can you find it for me? Uh, we literally, (laughs) no, we literally had a guy the other day. He's walking, he he was walking across the college campus and he's like, I, my dog just made some weird noises and I think he puked. Can you let me know? Sure enough. He sure did. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked to my volunteers about, you know, they're, they're very normal. And in some cases, very mundane things that, you know, we're being asked to provide assistance with. I have this one woman who calls in on a very regular basis because when she brings her dog in her guide dog, he wears these little booties when he goes outside, Mm. but as she removes them for him to come back in, he usually grabs the first one and flips it back into the backyard, uh, you know, for her to to have to find later. So, you know, yeah, it's, (laughs) that was actually one of the things that I had listed is my drop, my bottle of essential oil and it rolled somewhere. I cannot find it. Yep, Absolutely. Um, and honestly, uh, using a camera to look underneath, um, like, uh, you know, appliances or under doorways um, almost is easier. It gives you a better image than if, if like, if I was to try and lay lie on the floor and like look underneath something, mm-hmm. it just, it would be so challenging. Um, I'll give you an example of uh, something that we did um, and just like this. So we absolutely had a situation where uh, somebody was doing something on their counter and like a little screw or something like that had popped off of some, some appliance and they heard it hit the ground and then they heard it roll and they couldn't figure out where it had rolled to. Um, we have the ability to turn the flashlight on, on your phone. So as they took that phone and just kind of laid it um, on its edge, right on the ground, I was able to turn that flashlight on and it was able to reach way back underneath all of those, um, you know, appliances and, and, and counter, um, uh, cabinets and whatnot. And I was able to actually get a very good view of all the dust bunnies and all the fun stuff that had gotten, you know, trapped underneath. We didn't find the screw, uh, but we were able to kind of clear, you know, different areas to let them know. Um, and I think yeah, it's supplements are... for me, right? Like when I'm thinking sure. about essential oils and I take a lot of doTERRA's supplements, um, if I'm typically, I will do that somewhere that's out of the way of my dogs. And I will usually do it over a tray or something that if it falls, that it's not going to fall on the floor where a lab can snap that up in a heartbeat, right? (laughs) And so, um, but that's one way that I see myself using the service is, no, I'm taking my morning supplements and I do accidentally drop one. And, you know, I need help to, to maybe find that before my dog does. Um, you know, it's not identifying an essential oil. No, it's not. But, you know, in the realm of how do we use our essential oil and doTERRA products in a day, um, you know, dropping a supplement, it, it happens 
Yeah, particularly if it's in a gel cap or it's got that, yeah. you know, it can bounce. Uh, if it lands on carpeting, it can get to, and, and, you know, you don't need to be down there sweeping your arm back and forth until you find it because who knows what else you're going to find while you're down there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, we can we can play uh, find the dropped item. Um, that is absolutely something that we do. Now, one of the other things that you had mentioned very specifically, I want to talk about because you had drops. said something about, you know, drops. Right. Oof, and and so it. measuring and understanding how many drops you've actually already done. And, you know, you're like, well, there's recommendations of, you know, letting it hit your finger first and then, you know, rolls off or, you know, you try to listen for the drops. Um, well, I tell you what, one of the things that we did um, that I trained uh, my volunteers on was back when the um, back when the uh, COVID tests first came out they were provided with these instructions that were not accessible. And then there was all of these different things, these components that came in the kits. And so we actually unboxed kits uh, on camera and recorded it so that we would be able to assist people. And one of the things that we needed to assist with was after you um, got that uh, swab and it was in that liquid, we had to you know, show people on how to put the drops into the appropriate well. And those things were tiny. Uh, I mean, literally about maybe the size of your pinky nail. Um, so a very small target for us to hit. But I trained all, all of my folks on, hey, look, it's not as tough as what you think it is, but you need to be very intentional about how you describe doing this. And we talked about how, you know, they would run their finger until they found the circular well and not the rectangular well. The rectangular one was the window that they would read the results in later. The circular one was the target for where to drop. Um, and then, you know, talking about, hey, line up the tip of that nozzle right up against it and lift it up. It doesn't, you don't have to be dropping it from 10 feet away and trying to hit that well. Drop it from as close as possible and make sure that they can point that camera in a way that you can see as those drops come out. Now, one of the things that I haven't talked about was um, it, that could be very beneficial for folks here, especially if they're you know, going to use this for this. Um, is to get a camera stand. And back in the day, they were a little bit pricey. These days, because everybody out there is, is an influencer and is recording themselves for all of, you know, uh, everyone to see, you know, camera stands, you can pick up for, you know, 10 bucks. You can get a really nice sturdy one for probably $30. Um, and it's, it's going to be a, a very useful uh, investment, in my opinion. Because what it will allow you to do is it'll allow you to clamp that phone down and point it in a particular angle. And that way you are hands-free. You can set that up. You can make sure that we've got, you know, whatever it is that you need assistance with in that camera view. It's nice and steady and stable. And then you can worry about, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, the droppers and, and the other things that might require that fine motor skill. Um, that is you know, the no challenge, need, right? God should have yeah, given no, blind people three hands. Because... Well, maybe four. Why not? <laughs> and Haley, before yes, you go on, you have about nine, maybe eight or nine minutes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Sean, I'm going to let you continue on. But al along those lines, real quick, um, I had I had hoped to call and, and kind of try this out a little bit with Sean's <laughs> team. Um, and life is just busy. And I did not get to. So that being said, so that we can give Sean some feedback about how his team is doing, I would like to kind of pose a challenge to anyone that's listening to this who is 
an essential oil user, I would like to challenge you guys to reach out to his team, whether it is for identifying the bottle, whether it is unpacking your box as your order arrives, but very specifically, I would love to challenge you to get help with the measuring of the drops um, because that is our biggest challenge. Um, and I would like, if you if you do this, <clears throat> regardless of your experience and if it works, if it doesn't work, how, you know, like, like what things you had to adjust and what you had to change, um, I would love to get some feedback from all of you sent to me at blindessentials at gmail.com. For every feedback uh, message that I get, I will enter your name into a drawing. And then let's, we will say the day after Thanksgiving, right? Let's give it a week or so. And that helps me remember too. So by next Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, I will take all of those um, emails with feedback on how Sean's team might have helped you with, um, with this, this is specific to essential oils, um, how his team might have helped you with using your essential oils independently. I will take all of those emails and I will enter them um, into a drawing. If you've called twice, I'll, and, and you let me know, I will put your name in twice and then I will do a giveaway um, by the end of next week to whatever name I, it is that I draw from from those list of emails that come in because I think that that's the only way it's going to get easier and better and feel more comfortable. It's not just feeling comfortable for Sean's team, but it's feeling comfortable for us. I don't want you guys to be essential oil collectors. I don't, I love that you join me. Um, welcome to my kitchen every week or every other week. I love that. I love getting to know you, but if you are buying essential oils, I don't, you know, money is, is it's a precious thing. Um, it doesn't grow on my tree in my backyard. And if you're spending good money on essential oils and you're hoping to achieve like these beautiful benefits that they come with, I want you to use them. I don't want you to just collect them. So the more you do it, the more comfortable it's going to become. And I love that Sean's team is going to be a part of that. So so please try it out. Um, Sean, can you go over one more time how they find you in the app? Yeah, absolutely. So on that main screen, when you launch the Be My Eyes app, you're going to swipe right and you're going to hear a button that says Browse Specialized Help. You double tap to select and you're brought to a, a list of different categories. You swipe right until you hear blindness organizations, double tap to select. And then uh, we're towards the bottom, uh, Massachusetts Association for Blind and Visually Impaired. When you double tap to select our organization, You'll swipe right through our schedule, our bio, and you'll find the button to place call uh, to our specific specialized help team. Now, one of the other things to take note of is after you've placed that first initial call, for those of you that use Siri, it's going to recommend a shortcut for you. And you'll be able to then make that voice call in uh, way easier. Um, one of the other things that I'll offer as well, though, is sometimes it gets a little tricky and sometimes you need to update or edit or change that Siri shortcut. And you're just like, oh, this app, I don't know where to find that. I don't know how to do this. Don't you worry. You give me a call. You, we'll set up a time. I will walk through that with you. I think all of you have heard um, just, you know, I, I try to provide um, directions uh, based on uh, screen reader, on swipe gestures. 
Um, if, if any of you are low vision, I can certainly uh, adjust and work with you uh, that way as well, um, helping you to find those uh, touch targets. Um, and then I do see that Heidi still has her hand up as well. He does. Heidi, go ahead. I actually wanted to let you guys know that my phone actually comes with its own stand. So some of them come with stands. Very cool. Brilliant. Sean, I have a question and, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but maybe this might be something that someone else runs into. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe you can help real quick. I know we only have like five minutes and we really need to end on time so that the streamers can get to the next call. Um, sure. So I did call this morning quickly before we came on, hoping to, to see if someone could just identify like the bottle of oil that I was using. And I got Pat and he was lovely. Um, but I could hear him very clearly and he could not hear me and he could see me and I could give him a thumbs up that I could hear him, but he could not hear me. What might I have done wrong? What might I need to, if anyone else runs across that, what, what might be, what did I do wrong? So even though we've got that human element and we talk about that, we also have that technology element. And so we, this is not an uncommon thing. My, okay. my volunteers are trained to do this. If they, uh, if it appears as though the connection is not stable enough for the audio to connect or the video to connect, they're instructed to continue talking to the person that called in as if they can still hear them. Mm -hmm. They're instructed to give them some um, recommendations as far as, hey, um, maybe yeah, if did. you restart, if you restart your phone, sometimes yep. that will help. Um, if you're on your Wi-Fi, maybe turn that off and use your cellular or vice versa. Um, I'm going to continue talking with you and hope that it, it does connect. If not, I'll wait for you to disconnect the call and um, I'll expect to, yes, you know, you to try again. You trained now, here's him well the thing: if you, he did do all that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's one of my better guys. He, he does like 15 hours a week. So yeah. um, one of the other things though too is if I see that there have been two calls that have come in and, you know, real close together and it looks like there was audio issues because I see the call log, um, what they report at the end of the calls. I'll try to jump in and say, hey, I'll take it again if they call in a third time because it may be gotcha. something that is on the volunteer's end. And then a lot of times when we see that there's issues going on, we'll do some technical troubleshooting. I'll reach out to the volunteer and it I'll say, hey, I'm going to play some test call. No, I don't think it I don't think it was, but I'm not sure what okay. it was. And I knew that we were coming into this and we didn't have time to troubleshoot. Yeah, um, no problem. I just wanted to so, sort of throw it out there in case it happened. Yep. yep. You know, be persistent. Else, but Okay. And if worse comes to worse, you just reach out to me, email, phone call, okay. text Can message. Can you give that again say, before hey. we close? Yep, please? absolutely. So the okay. email address is S-W-E-L-K-E-R at mabcommunity.org. So swelker at mabcommunity.org. And the phone number, which is okay to call or text, 617-992-1233. 617-992-1233. And I absolutely get folks who immediately will send me a text message or an email saying, I don't need anything right now. I just wanted to get you into my contact. So feel free to do that. Uh, keep that information handy. And uh, we will be here for you Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Eastern time. 
If you need things that are a little bit more advanced or specialized, or if you'd like to request someone be available outside of those regular hours of operation, you just get in touch with me. We'll help to accommodate and make sure that we can get you taken care of. Perfect. I appreciate you being here and I will be trying back in a little while to <laughs> get help with that. <laughs> um, but please, everyone, please do try this out um, and, and give us your feedback either to Sean or to me. Um, and, um, and I'm hoping it's going to be something that will help people feel a little bit more confident with using that. So Monica, I, 